Welcome to Nerds of the Roundtable, a podcast on a quest for quality pop culture. I'm Jamie. I'm Dwayne. And I'm Sammy. And we've got some guests with us this week. Dwayne, who do we have with us? Well, Jamie, we have uh, some great friends from HerdCon and WheelCon here uh, to talk about some things happening a little bit later in the show, uh, some upcoming events they have. We have Jim and Heather. Guys? Hi, guys. Hi. Thanks for having us on. Okay. Glad you guys are here. So, we're not doing a review episode right now? No, we are covering the news. The news. I always forget. How silly of me. <laughs> and it's been a while. We've got quite a few things on here. So, we're going to try to move at a decent clip. Um, but I'm really excited to have uh, Jim and Heather here with us to you know get a different perspective. Like I, I can pretty much guess what Sammy and Dwayne are going to say about stuff now. Like when things get added to the to the show notes, I'm like, I'm pretty sure I know we're going to come down on stuff. So it's kind of nice with some new perspectives. Definitely. In the room. Well, I have no idea what Heather's ever going to say. So. <laughs> <laughs> so your guess is as good as mine, but it should make for a good, good podcast. Well, all right. Well, let's, let's go, go ahead and get into it a little bit here. Our first news item is the long-discussed Batgirl movie has apparently found their Barbara Gordon. Sammy, who they got? Uh, so it is uh, Daisy Ridley. I thought she was a Mary Sue. <laughs> <laughs> what do y'all think about Daisy Ridley as Batgirl? I'm, I'm kind of excited uh, to see what she's going to do with the role and get her out of Star Wars. I, I know um, I don't want her to get too typecast into the sci-fi and have a Mark Hamill situation with her career. You know, Mark Hamill not you know taking away from him has had a phenomenal career. Mainly in voice acting, has been overlooked as an actor, I think, because he was so hemmed in as, as Skywalker. And I love the guy. I think he's a good actor. But I still, when I see his face, I don't it's, see it's Mark Luke. Hamill. I see Luke Skywalker. Yeah. I can't help it. It's Luke. But, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see where she can take her career, career as being a youngster and, you know, really spreading her wings. And I think this will be a neat place. And, guys, you know my view. The DC needs help. <laughs> well... I think she's a good choice if they stick to her you know, traditional origin, where it's hero worship, it's optimism. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a hero ba- built not out of tragedy, but of, of someone wanting to aspire to be somebody. And I think, um, you know, coming off what she's done as, as Ray, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity for her to expand on that. Because uh, really with Star Wars, we're not sure where she's coming from, what her motivations are for, for her character. Right. But for Batgirl's pretty clear cut, and those might play into her strengths a bit. So I'm looking Very forward to that. I'm looking forward to her role as a critical public service librarian. And um, I just would like to plug the fact that I am a librarian. And um, one of my most treasured possessions is, um, you know, those read posters that they have. Mm-hmm. I have the one that uh, Babs Tar did of, of Babs in my office, and Babs Tar signed it. Oh, sweet! Very yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. You know, and, and I think with with Daisy, I think she'll she'll do really well with this. Um, you know, but I think the the way that they're doing with screenwriter, you know, I think if they give her a good script, if they give her a good story, I really think she can work with it. Uh, I believe the screenwriter uh, last I heard was Christina Hodson. I think Joss Whedon had it originally. 
uh, and Christina Hodson, who did the screenplay for the Bumblebee movie and who's also doing the upcoming Birds of Prey uh, mm. and the fantabulous emancipation of one Harley Quinn uh, <laughs> that they add to the end of that, uh, but is also working on that. So I think if they deliver a good script, I definitely think Daisy could do that. Well, I, I mean, I, I think a few episodes ago I pitched as my Keeping It 100, um, Murder on the Orient Express. And yeah. she kind of stole that movie. And I think she showed some range there that she she hasn't had a chance to show in Star Wars. Yeah, I think that movie kind of got overshadowed with everything else and kind of being an older story. You know, not a lot of people really picked up on that. But it's something I'm really kind of interested to visit as well, yeah, Murder on the Orient Express. So what's up next here is, I mean, I know I'm not very much in love with DC. Okay. Someone else is having some issues. This, this, what's, this, what's going on here? This is something I just wanted to tease Sammy up on. Um, because like we've yeah. talked before, I'm the Marvel guy, Sammy's the DC guy. <laughs> and so um, as I was perusing the uh, the nerdosphere on the internet, um, so Warner Brothers has been sold to AT&T. And so AT&T is a ruthless business corporation. Yes. They're not, they're not artsy. And so as they, apparently as they were going through the ledger, they discovered that selling comic books – doesn't make any money. And so they're trying to figure out, like, why are we making comic books? Oh, wow. Let's just make movies. <clears throat> and so, mm. Sammy, what's going on? <laughs> well, you know, we, we've talked about this a lot, uh, especially with the connections with Warner, the upcoming Warner streaming service, uh, Warner, um, as far as what they're doing with the properties in general. Uh, will the DC Universe streaming service survive this? Uh, you know, we've talked about Swamp Thing already being canceled. Uh, I have thoughts on that, though. Uh, but So I do know they've done a big restructuring, even within DC. Uh, just recently, they had kind of launched a number of uh, similar titles for younger readers, uh, DC Inc., DC Zoom. Uh, all of that has now been kind of put underneath what's called DC Kids. Uh, and even Vertigo as an imprint has been shuffled off now. So all the Vertigo stuff will be under DC Black Label, which is will be the more mature uh, adult line. Like and Marvel then, Max was. Yeah, right. And then DC will just have the regular DC comics for their standard uh, kind of superhero comics. Well, my, okay, my, this well, is heartbreaking but, because, I mean, your comic books are an entryway. Heather, I'm sure you can – your comic books are an entryway to literature. Uh, especially with reluctant readers. Exactly. So I've, I've had many yeah, parent, yeah, I've had many a parent challenge me. What can I get my kid interested to read? You know, not always direct them toward comic books. But if you're bringing these comic books to a more mature audience, I think you're really going to hurt a lot of people. I mean, where would we have been as kids without Batman, without Superman? Right. Not only that, I actually read recently that they are going to be coming back to Sandman. So I'm pretty excited about that. <laughs> and and the thing is, we started out, why does it make sense for comics to exist if they're losing money? Uh, I mean, in Marvel's case, comics are very important as a lo even as a lost leader because that's where the IP comes from. You keep your IT IP current, mm -hmm. um, and you see what works. It's kind of like almost test screening for for what you can use in, in, in the movies or with this upcoming streaming service. Uh, I mean, a the the WandaVision that's based on a fairly recent uh, uh, storyline uh, that came out after the movies have been successful, but the comics have been um, had been uh, very sluggish as far as sales go. Uh, you need to have that fresh IP, and comics is, is really a sounding board, and it also keeps it current. Um, yeah, 
you always have you will always have people revolving in and out of comic book stories yes. even if they're not, they're not retained they're still exposed it's, it's still the easiest way to expose uh, not just kids but people in general to what's out there in your current universe so dc i don't know why i mean it makes sense for that same reason except uh, we all know what a mess their universe has been <laughs> so i mean i think if you get some consistency and you can actually get things that stick and and, you, and if they have patience with uh, with editorial directions. I think you can kind of use that to kind of straighten out the DC ship uh, as far as the extended universe goes. Well, um, my question, I guess, for, for everybody is, do you think the streamlining, because they used to have a lot of imprints, DC did, and so do you think that the streamlining down to those, the three imprints now, it's DC Kids, DC, DC and Kids, DC, DC Comics, and then DC Black Label. Do you think that's a chance? Okay, if we streamline, for, streamline this for you, can you make money? And if a streamlined DC doesn't make money, do you think they'll act? I think it's a mistake getting rid of the Vertigo imprint, though, because that was synonymous with, uh, you know, even if you're disenchanted with superhero comics, you always had, you could always see what was going on in Vertigo. Um, I did that with Preacher, with 100 Bullets. Um, Hellblade. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so if if you're not, if you're kind of wanting something from the mainstream, you could always, Vertigo was a reliable alternative. Right. And you know, the quality control was such where you could find something like a Fables um, if you're not really interested in, in what's going on with um, with Superman, Batman, Legion. Um, there's always Fables or, or something, you know, something to define. Haven't they pulled most of that into regular DC anyway? I mean, what what was, what was published in Vertigo? Yes. You know? yeah. uh, right Recently. now, as far as I know, Vertigo was continuing um, – uh, Sandman Universe series, uh, where they were doing, um, they'd brought back in Lucifer and uh, Sandman, and then uh, the Witching Hour, I think. Or the, uh, I'm sorry, the House of Whispers, okay. which was a new house. You know, DC had always had the House of Secrets and the House of Mysteries, so and now they had the House of Whispers uh, as a third uh, kind of spectral type of house. Um, you know, Vertigo is still printing some of those books like uh, Fables and things along those lines also. Yeah, I was just – as I kept seeing news about AT&T being uncertain if they were going to even keep publishing comics. I just – I wanted I wanted especially – I know Sammy's our DC guy. I wanted to get his take on it. So, Well, well our, go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say that's very interesting. But, you know, speaking of DC, we have an <laughs> oh. ACDC – <laughs> kind of a that was a pro here. transition. I'm impressed. Hey, very nice. Call me nice. Captain Segway. <laughs> so the current war is finally getting ready to come out after it being in movie purgatory. Now I did uh, not yeah. know this was a movie purgatory, but this is amazing to me. I love the history between Nikola Tesla, Thomas Edison, Westinghouse, all these guys, and here we are finally getting looks like a massive production. It looks so good. I mean, they've gotten the era down to a T. It looks like they just filmed that world at that time, you know. And and the cast is mind blowing. I mean, I'm I don't want to. Was it October? This thing comes out. I think. Please, sir. I, I don't I don't want to wait till October. <laughs> I want I, I mean I want to go like I want to I want to stop. I want to push pause on the recording equipment and leave and go watch this movie right now. I, I couldn't be more excited for a movie. I need I need this movie. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this. You know, you mentioned about the cast. Uh, you know, you've got Benedict Cumberbatch as Thomas Edison. You've got Michael Shannon playing uh, Westinghouse. You've got, I believe it was Nicholas Holt playing uh, playing Tesla. So, I mean, you know, when you start – and plus Tom Holland's thrown in there also. So, I mean, you've got a lot of people, and this it does. It looks pretty good. 
All we have to do is get Nicholas Holt in a Star Wars movie, and he'll have run like the nerd the gamut. gamut. I mean, he's yeah. got all of it. <laughs> we did Tolkien. Yeah, Tolkien. He was the, the beast. beast. Now he's got Tesla. We yeah, just got to yeah. slip him into a Star Wars movie, and the, and the guy will be like be a nerd legend forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, you know all of your Tom Holland, Benedict Cumberbatch, Avengers Endgame is going to make another run at have have they overtaken Avatar? I think as of today, they're $27 million behind. So they're, they're releasing this thing in the theater again with a supposed <laughs> end credit scene. Six minutes of additional footage. Now, the photo I saw was Deadpool on a Vespa. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we need that. We need Deadpool on a Vespa. Well, listen, here's the thing with this whole avengers avatar thing disney's just sitting back going yeah baby <laughs> they're making money no matter what yeah. they it's, it's already in their pockets so, yeah. yeah and two it brings avatar back into discussion get, getting yeah. ready in time for avatar 2 to come out soon yeah. two, three and four is it yeah uh but you know as far as rumors as far as these scenes there is a, you know supposedly an additional scene with the hulk uh, maybe a connection for Nick Fury going into Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, and then possibly I've seen something about a tribute to Stan. So, oh, really? well, well, you know what? If it doesn't have a Michael Pena doing a recap of the entire <laughs> MCU 22 <laughs> movie universe, you. that'd be amazing. <laughs> I'm hoping that – I don't know for sure if that's going to happen, but that needs to happen. Oh, someone's, totally. got, someone's got to make that happen. Oh, I agree. And this one time, this guy got this gauntlet. <laughs> <laughs> I am always ready for my, my Michael Pena. I love that guy. Yeah, that sounds great. Um, but coming up now, Sam, I believe you put this on here, a uh, Batman. Yes. Uh, you know, so this year is the 80th anniversary of Batman. Wow. And so along with this, uh, Batman, the character, has, is going to be receiving a star on the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce Walk of Fame. Uh, so I thought that was pretty neat. And along with that, they also gave a star to Burt Ward, who played Robin in the 60s Batman. Yeah, so, I think he's a lot overlooked. Yeah, I think so too. Because, you know, he, he brought a lot to that, that role, yeah. in all honesty. You know, Adam West owned Batman, but Burt Ward really was his, you know, underpinning. I thought he yeah. was always there to anchor. And I don't think they get the credit as being a gateway to the world of comics and being the world of superheroes. Not, And I know the, the series had a limited run, but in reruns, I mean, that's, I grew up, uh, that was the first TV I ever watched yeah. was beyond Sesame Street, Mr. Rogers, it was Batman reruns um, in the afternoons. And mm-hmm. uh, that led to comics and that led to a lot of things. But I, I really don't think, I think that needs to be revisited as far as, uh, how comic fans get their start. Yeah, it's definitely a staple in my house. When you when you talk about Batman, you're talking Adam West. Yeah, well, I've I've got a question though. If Burt Ward is getting a star, where is Chris O'Donnell's? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <clears throat> talks- moving on. Oh, <laughs> uh, before we move on, while we're talking about our gateway into comics, for me it was Electric Company with Spider Man. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Electric Company was great. Right, with the with the uh, the raspy uh, theme song, you know, Spider Man. <laughs> nobody knows who you are. <laughs> like, great, great stuff. It's like so jazzy. And it was just so simple too, just still frames and uh, a narrator and yeah. I mean, what it. more do you need? Yeah, yeah that was classic. TV. But that's all yeah, we the, had. The public though, at uh, the time. broadcasting services, just great mm-hmm. growing up. <laughs> and now for my least favorite part of the show. Oh. Jamie, what time is it? 
Unfortunately, it's Trelawney time. Dad, what time is it? It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's Trelawney time. It's time to make a prediction. Baby, don't you whine. It's Trelawney Okay, well, last time on Trelawney Time, we <sighs> predicted <laughs> for Toy Story 4. Yes. So, <clears throat> Jamie has had a rough time with these predictions. It's I'll not say. been pretty. <laughs> it's not been pretty, but I think he's maybe a little bit closer. He may be starting to redeem himself. I, I didn't win this time, but I wasn't the furthest away this That's time. That's right. That was me. <laughs> I got furthest away this one. And so, the if I remember right, um, I think... Uh, okay. I've got them here. So Dwayne had 98% as your prediction. Mm-hmm. I went 92 and Sam went 85. Yes. And the final number was? 97 as of today. So Dwayne's closest, but Sammy is our loser. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Sammy, you will never be a loser to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, my whole thought process, when we talked about this, at some point, the bottom's going to yeah. drop out of this. Yeah. You know, they're going to push it to a point where the story's not going to hold up. And I just thought maybe this was going to be it. Four movies. Now, what I thought was very interesting, last time we, I was going through, you know, one, two, and three, and I said, you know, they've also got the Toy Story of Terror. They've also got the Toy Story that Time Forgot. And Jamie said, we're not going to count those. Those are straight to videos. They're going to be no good. I was shocked. So I went to, yeah. uh, to Rotten Tomatoes and got scores for all of them so as it stands toy story one 100 percent toy story two my personal favorite 100 percent toy story three where everyone ugly cries 98 <laughs> percent toy story of terror is 94 and a toy story that time forgot featuring rex wallace sean himself and was it Trixie, the, triter- the Triceratops? Yes. Is 100%. That's that's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, guys. He is. Now, now, Toy Story is a beautiful story. And has anyone else, aside from me in the room, got a chance to watch Toy Story 4 yet? I haven't yet. No, not yet. Not yet. Okay. I'm not a big fan of ugly crying. Well, take some tissues. Take some tissues. You will ugly cry. There is This movie pulls on your heartstrings from the beginning. Uh, it starts. I'll, I will tell you. It starts with a toy rescue, and it, and it goes on, and you're just every little bit. But I know we talked about this before. I really love the fact of them playing with the idea of what a toy is, with her creating, taking the fork and making the doll out of it, and just what exactly is a toy to a kid. So it's really neat, and the way that that Forky responds throughout to his situation. Free will, what we choose to believe, how we feel, is is so much addressed in this movie. It's pretty deep if you want to look into it that far. Hmm. But yeah, it's pretty neat. So I would definitely check that out. All right, so Dwayne, can you continue your winning streak? Because now we are predicting Spider-Man Far From Home. Yeah, I need to write these down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now, now that he's won, he's making sure. Yeah. Now, I believe uh, if, if you want to review, uh, I believe I've been pretty consistent near the mark on each one. Well, I, I, all I know is I've been pretty consistently Off way, way, way away from the mark. <laughs> so, uh, I, will I, th- I think the worst we had 
was I said eighty five for Godzilla, and it ended up being like forty. Forty. Yeah. Forty. Yeah, it was right forty. 40 yeah, I think I that's was... the worst any of us have done. <laughs> yeah, I stopped keeping track of who was winning. Well, the next big release, and I think it's coming out this week, would be Spider Man Far From Home. We want to maybe tackle. So I don't want to tackle. I'm still scared. Anyone want to? Uh, <laughs> well, Jamie, I'll tell you what. You, you you hit the mark a little bit closer. Your hand grenades are getting closer to the mark. <laughs> <laughs> so and and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll include Heather and Jim on this on this too. If you guys yeah. want to maybe make a prediction about the, who wants to to lead off first with I'll, their I'll, thoughts on Spider-Man: I'll Far From Home. Um, I'll go with eighty-two. Eighty-two. Because I have a feeling this will be a strong movie, but I also feel that now that Endgame is finished, that the critics that are sick of superhero movies will kind of have their say and. Um, I think some of them will be negative when uh, it may not be deserved, may yeah. not be warranted. I can see that. I can see that happening. Okay. So Jim is going with 82%. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw out there, uh, I'm thinking 86%. I think this is going to be around 86 87%. So I'm going to go with the lower 86%. And I see where you're coming from because everyone has been on this big climb toward Endgame. Yeah, and critics have been for a while, you know, predicting the end of the superhero movie. So I think they're ready for it. Yeah. Um, well, I'll, I'll go next, and I'm gonna go pretty high on this one. Um, this is, but this is pure defensiveness. My youngest daughter is obsessed with Spider-Man, and if word got back to her that I, in any shape or form, gave Spider-Man a bad grade, it wouldn't go well for me at home. So I'm gonna go 92. 92. Yeah. Nice. 92 is actually what they gave at Rotten Tomatoes for the Spider-Man Homecoming. So I think that's actually going to be a pretty accurate guess. Um, Just because I don't think it's fair for us to both say the same number. (laughs) I'm going to go with 94, and I'd like to say Spider-Man was my first fandom. Because, like, at the age of three, I was running around in (laughs) Spider-Man (laughs) t-shirts. Awesome. Plus, his Q rating is pretty high. If you remember when they're bringing everyone back at Endgame, when I went to see it, Spider-Man got one of the loudest yeah. cheers. Uh, and so maybe it's, it's something that the, I think the younger MCU crowd is really latching onto, like like Jamie had said. Yeah. yeah. You know, for, for most kids, I think Spider-Man is an easy kind of gateway into this. Um, you know, that, that idea of it could be anyone underneath the mask. It could be me. It could be you. You know, it doesn't have to be Peter Parker, so to speak. Um, so, you know, Spider-Man was kind of one of those early characters for me also, but mostly from Spider-Man and his amazing friends to uh, just kind of <laughs> date myself there. Uh, but as far as numbers, I'm going to go 88% on this. Um, and a lot of it isn't because of Tom Holland. Um, I don't know how well Mysterio is going to come across to critics. Uh, I thought he was a weird one. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. even among comic book fans, Mysterio tends to be, you know, a little bit you know, derided as the guy with the fishbowl on his head. Right. Uh, so I think they could do this. I think casting Jake Gyllenhaal is interesting. Uh, I think it, that might be a good casting as far as name recognition. Uh, but I'll be interested to see which way they go with it because they're from most of the trailers you can't really tell is he hero is he villain you know what will the role of Mysterio be because you're also seeing Hydra Man and and you're seeing uh, a couple other villains thrown in there so I'm interested to see where they go. Right. But going back to Spider Man and his amazing friends, if they ever introduce him as Lions, I'm taking my score back and giving it a fifty. <laughs> <laughs> 
I just would like to note that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse was a 97. So. Oh, Into the Spider-Verse is great. That's too low. Uh, yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> and it has dropped on Netflix now. So So considering, you know, 92, 97, I... I just don't see them dropping this one. I think it's going to be a strong entry. Cool. And if you don't like Tom Holland, you're the problem. It's not Tom Holland. It's not Tom Holland. <laughs> so uh, breaking down our scores here, Jamie is giving it a 92. Sam with an 88. Jim is at 82. Heather, 94. And myself, Dwayne, an 86. So we'll see you guys in two weeks uh, as to how that pans out and I've, that was I've got a feeling Heather's going to win this one Trelawney time possibly yeah. I believe so as well I believe so as well I think we're all going to be too low <clears throat> yeah so uh, guys it's, it's time to uh, discuss what we brought you here for um, we have an event coming up here very soon in our little neighborhood our little neck of the woods uh, that's called Wilcon alright well um, let me start uh, Wilcon is Saturday, September 28th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. at the Southside Mall in South Williamson, Kentucky. Um, our special guest is video game writer uh, of Destiny 2 and Star Trek Online, Christine Thompson. Uh, we also have many, many cosplay guests like Kiss of Rock Cosplay. We have uh, Britwood Cosplay, Santana Cosplay is coming in. Uh, we, are, we, are also, we are also having a cosplay cafe and a Sailor Moon group cosplay photo op opportunity. Uh, along with, we've got some great vendors. If a lot of familiar faces are coming back this year, um, we've got about 27 former vendors from previous Wilcon signed up already, wow. and that's with three months to go. Uh, we're looking forward to our air-conditioned space, and <laughs> we also... Uh, we're, we want to get creative with uh, uh, with the mall property, and I think we can. Uh, just getting some certain things locked down. Uh, I know we lost the Magic Mart space uh, due to a, a Pikeville Medical Center taking that, but that kind of makes our job easier as far as uh, because there was a cost associated with using that space. Uh, so now um, our options, it actually helps us now that our options are, are kind of reduced. So. Wow. Well, things work out, you know, in, in situations yeah. like this. Mm -hmm. And uh, this event has consistently grown uh, throughout the years. What what year right. are we in right now? We're in our third year. Third year. Uh, wow. Our first year, we defied expectations. We were uh, predicted to to have on a good day uh, 400 people, but we exceeded that. We got a thousand guests our first year. Uh, last year, uh, and Sammy uh, can tell you. Uh, mm -hmm. was a crazy, crazy day in the sweltering heat. We still had 1,400 guests. We grew 50%, uh, even though we held it in the sweat box that is Williamson Fieldhouse with it, without <laughs> air conditioning on August the 4th. So, um, uh, you know, we really we, – we, feedback has been great. Uh, it's It was even nice to have that that the heat was the focal point of all the complaints because it kind of overshadowed any other things that we might have – overlooked in our planning or preparation um, really everyone said it's just been a wonderful show it just it was just the heat that, so that, that got us but um, we've got uh, really what we want to do is after two years we've kind of figured out that our audience is video game and cosplay heavy mm -hmm. and we wanted to emphasize those two elements and having Christine Thompson 
uh, come in. Um, I think she's formally a bungee now. She put in her notice maybe two days after we announced, but she still is a. Uh, she'll still be working in the video game industry. Uh, we just can't say what right now. But um, having her, uh, having worked on Destiny 2, which is a game, uh, a fairly popular game, and uh, the Star Trek Online universe. Uh, what's interesting about her is any Star Trek, uh, any Star Trek fan can really. Uh, <coughs> would really benefit from talking to her. She was the gatekeeper of all the Star Trek lore for uh, a short amount of time, especially during the reboot uh, period with the movie. So CBS Films actually had to uh, clear things with her uh, before they put things in the movie, in, in the Star Trek relaunch. Wow. So, so she's going to be, I think it's going to be great for anyone that's interested in video games or Star Trek, uh, especially young women who are gamers and um can see that someone, uh, that a female can rise through the ranks and you know become a high-level video game writer. That is uh, that is phenomenal. Yeah, I'm so excited to see. I having having a daughter myself, so excited to see role models that she can yeah. re- aspire to, mm-hmm. to find her place. You know, instead of just being a homemaker or a nurse right. or some you know thing, you know not to degrade any of those, mm-hmm. but you know really the sky's the limit nowadays. Right. You know, when we yeah. were growing and up, it seems like things were so limited, but now the sky's the limit for any gender. And it's a thing that we like about Wilcon, um, because kids can realize if they want to, um, you know, if they want to sell, if they want to sell toys, if they want to sell comic books, they can meet people who actually do that for a living. Yeah. Um, if they want to be an artist, they, you can meet working artists uh, at our show. Um, you know, different types of performers. If you want to, you know, go go into cosplaying, there are people who make living make a living that are going to be at Wilcon that are that they can talk to, they can be a resource for, and, and maybe a possible connection. Uh, down the road. I mean, that's the one thing I wanted to create with Wilcon. It's something that inspires our local children because they, you know, unless you're into sports or the outdoors, there really isn't much for you growing up here. There hasn't been. Um, and that's something that Sammy and I have belabored. Uh, mm-hmm. We've had many conversations about that, how um, even though there were kids that grew up reading comics, we weren't a community mm-hmm. at all. Um, you know, we, there are probably hundreds of, of kids that, you know, that went in that little corner of Michael's, yeah. uh, bought comic books, but, but we never knew each other. Exactly. And that's something that Sammy and I, when, when Sam was the one who actually brought that up, and when he said that, it was like, you know, it's, he was absolutely right. We, yeah, there's a community of us that didn't get to know each other until we were adults. Mm-hmm. And, exactly, uh, and uh, that that needs to change. I mean, that needs it should change. I yeah, mean, it, it should change. And you know, we didn't have the networking that we do now. You know, for for all of the trouble social social media brings, you know, mm-hmm. it, it it connects people. And it brings, and we can form these conventions. We mm-hmm. can spread the love right. and the awesome fun. Yeah. Good time that being a fan of something is, and know, hey, I've got a buddy here. Well, and and being a, a young nerd can be pretty isolated. Yeah, um, absolutely. And so absolutely. knowing that you're not alone, there's other people that share mm-hmm. your interests. Right, it can be really meaningful to a kid. Mm-hmm. Very much so. Very well, just much so. Even, even if they're not making new friends, they're still around hundreds. Of, well, in our case, you know, over a thousand people that have the same interests they do. Yeah. And even that can be can be liberating. Yeah. 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 And the connections you mm-hmm. can make. Not right. even you know just mm-hmm. seeing people. Also, just yeah. the connections you can make with friends in your community. Mm-hmm. You know, exchanging emails, exchanging phone numbers. And, you know, and things. And I do have to say that one thing I'm, I'm most proud of with Wilcon, uh, because Heather was such a great help the first two years. Um, I'm glad that we inspired HerdCon, actually. 
I was I was going to yeah, I was wanting to get onto that as well before we we let go here. But yeah, um, with the growth, you know mm-hmm. that that the that the nerd community is having, you know, you're seeing these little cons pop up all over the place. So here at Williamson, you have we have WheelCon now. Heather here heads up my first experience with mm-hmm. a convention and i was i'll tell you i was blown away it was a blast of a time it was heard con in in huntington west virginia at marshall university so heather would you speak briefly about that please just kind of give us a heads up for, for what's happening well heard just had its first year um and it was a great experience a lot of the feedback we got was Basically, people telling us that they didn't really believe it was our first year. Um, we had cosplay. We had vendors. Uh, we were very blessed to have the entire Marshall Student Union for our our show, and we filled it. We also used Drinko Library, which was right across the walkway. We had food trucks. We had cosplay. We had gaming. We had panels. We had coding demonstrations. Mm-hmm. We couple of po- live podcasts. We had mm-hmm. a, we had two <laughs> live podcasts. Had some oh music my gosh! Too. Had some live music as well. And one of them would be the nerds of the round table. That's right. And the other one would be, I think, Jr.'s uh, uh, show. Fantastic floor. Yeah, yeah, with Tim Arnott and all them. And um, that one apparently got a little out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> Stories filtered down to us where we were. Yeah. <laughs> apparently people right. went in where they were doing the podcast and told them to keep it down. Yeah. <laughs> well, and one of the feedback I get for, for HerdCon that it was probably one of the – most people say that it's the best laid out organized show that they've been to. Um, well, a lot of us really had extensive experience going to conventions. Mm-hmm. Some of us had experience running conventions. We had established vendors in our planning groups. So um, it was really laid out well, in my opinion. Uh, I've got over 10 years' experience as a volunteer at Dragon Con, so I brought that with me. Wow. So, and then we had the blessing of, there I go with that word again, um, but um, our administration, Marshall actually jumped straight in there with both feet, and they were like, oh, you want to have a Comic-Con here? And we expanded it a little bit, so it was more of a pop culture convention. We had faculty members doing um, panels. We had faculty members doing tables down in the main area. It was just a really great experience. We had um, kids that were incoming students. We had prospective students. We we opened it up to the community. It was wonderful. Yeah, we enjoyed it. it. I know. It was great, and that was the thing that, that I didn't know what to expect walking in. <clears throat> and it wasn't just a bunch of people huddled up around their comic books and action figures. You know, you had artists, you had woodworkers. I've seen some beautiful woodwork art. Oh, yeah. I've um, seen some phenomenal paintings, uh, outfits, um, you know, uh, 
upholstery items, all sorts of things. It was so rich. And I'm, and Wilcon has a lot of that as well, mm-hmm. as yes. my understanding. So, mm-hmm. um, so Wilcon's coming up. September 28th. September 20th. And when's HerdCon happening again? Uh, the next one will be March 14th. March 14th. Okay, so we'll awesome. get some more information on that coming up, and we'll keep you guys posted on all WillCon happenings. And, yeah, even if you're not just a comic book or a comic movie fan, anything pop culture, anything artist-related, anything really creative, I mean, music, food, was great, uh, come out and support this. It's really a great day of energy. I mean, it's just yeah. positive energy. I mean, we have we keep it lively. We've got a brass band playing pop culture covers. So if you want to hear <laughs> a brass band playing the Imperial March or the Game of Thrones theme, and you want to just or walk Little Mermaid or Little Mermaid, <laughs> <laughs> but but really, it, it really is just about fun. Yeah, uh, you know. For kids of all ages. And hey, yeah. I'm I'm a huge Star Wars fan, but I have a daughter growing up, so I'm all about the Barbie and princesses as well. So yeah, I love me some Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah, but we had you guys positioned right next to the Star Wars folks, if mm, I remember correctly. I, I really like that. Yeah, yes. the, uh, really there was like the that. lightsaber battle school next to us. And, and speaking of Disney, the table next to us on the other side had uh, Beauty from Beauty and the Beast. Beauty from the Beast was there. Yeah, so we, we were in a really key location, really, really beautiful. Yeah, and I love going over seeing the 501st and the Rebel Legion there. So Definitely. yeah, so that's just a, a small taste of what you get at these cons. It's it's so much. Yeah, so and, much. and we're not going to let you forget about Wilcon or Herdcon. We're going to keep reminding yeah. you about this. So. Yeah, we're going to keep singing these guys' songs, and uh, hopefully we'll have some promos and some other things happening uh, to, to tag along with some episodes to keep you guys refreshed on and this. And we'll definitely, uh, you guys will be the first to hear. Uh, once we get details locked down, you guys will definitely be the first to know. And anytime, awesome. anytime you guys are, are wanting to come on and do something, uh, even even if you just want to do a brief Skype call, interview or something, mm-hmm. get with us. We'll we'll work it out. We need to you know promote all we can. Sing this definitely. So that is great. So definitely keep that in mind. Wilcon in South Williamson, Kentucky, at the Southside Mall, September twenty twenty eighth. Okay. All right, and back to the news. We've got a few last little items. Now, there's here. a guy here we cannot get away from. The world can't get away from. We anymore. don't want to get away from. <laughs> we don't want to get away from our beloved Keanu Reeves. Yes. Um. So the MCU. Um. During the whole Keanu Renaissance that's going on right now, um. Kevin Feige has decided he has to find a role for Keanu Reeves <laughs> in the MCU. I'm so glad the world has caught up with us. Finally. I still, I still feel like we should get some credit. Like, I mean, Keanu needs to come on the show. I mean, we've been doing this for what, almost a year now. Yeah. I yeah. mean, come on. We were ahead of the curve. Um, but uh, so, my, I'm just wondering. I'm trying to picture. I'm, I'm really struggling. I'm trying to picture Keanu in an MCU movie. And so I just, I put this on the, on the thing here, so we, so that we could gush about Keanu again. But also, I just want to like, okay, I'm having trouble seeing it in my mind's eye. Can you all picture who are you picturing Keanu as in the MCU? Well, I know with Star Wars when we kind of done our Star Wars breakdown. Our, I won that. Our, one. our, our survey, yeah. Uh, Jedi Prime. <laughs> yes. Keanu was Jedi Prime. <laughs> so uh, I, I've got one if you want okay, to hear. Go ahead, um, Absolutely. Just based on his cameo of always be my maybe, I think he would be the perfect Star Fox. Eros, if you're going to go cosmic mm. with the with the MCU, okay, um, he could just be an exaggerated version of douchebag Keanu Reeves and always be my maybe. 
Okay. <laughs> that could be that could be fun. Yeah, I, I'm really looking forward to watching that and seeing his uh, his cameo in there. I've heard I've heard rumors. Oh, it's wonderful. But, uh, yeah. So I'm I'm not sure where I'm hanging. Okay. With him right See, now. I'm so struggling. Somebody I mean, grab it. I've got some got crazy obscure ones like like Major Victory. I can kind of see him as Major Victory. Okay. That's kind of my my go-to there. Um, I'm the original Guardians of the Galaxy, like like '92, '93 Valentino run. On Guardians, okay. I'm kind of seeing Major Victory, but like they're they're not making that movie. No. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm, I mean, what do you got, Sammy? All right, I've got one villain, one hero. Okay. All right, if Keanu plays a villain, he needs to be Craven the Hunter. Mm-hmm. I want to mm. see Keanu as Craven. See that. The yeah. dark hair mm-hmm. when he does the goatee yeah. thing. Mm. I think he can do it. Okay. Now, I can kind of squint and see that. Yeah. Now, if I'm going hero, I want Keanu as Namor the Submariner. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, That'd I can so see that. Yeah. Yeah, he would be, be great as Namor. Totally. Yeah, I, mean, I can see that. He doesn't have to do the full just Speedo Namor <laughs> look, okay? He doesn't have to go back to the 40s and Bill Everett and all oh, that. But Illuminati but, Namor? That'd be oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I was kind of like squinting and maybe seeing him as a – like if they bring the X-Men in as older characters, maybe him as Cyclops. I could kind of see okay. that, but I, I think I think you may have won with Namor. Namor, uh, yes. Not the speedo though. I mean, right, right. Uh, we're 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 going a little bit <laughs> bit later down the road, Namor. You know, costume wise. But the wings on the feet have to be there. Yes, we must have those. Yeah. Okay. Th- those are just part of the character. <laughs> <laughs> if you could pry the role from Taylor Kitsch's cold dead hands, uh, he could be a pretty decent gambit. A little bit older. Um, well, I didn't put this on the list. Uh, they officially killed the game movie that Channing Tatum wanted to happen. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, that's been officially canceled now. Although I never believed that was happening. To start no, with, I didn't, I didn't yeah. think so either. It's kind of like New Mutants. Be official. Yeah. <laughs> oh, don't even start on New Mutants. Oh, I know. <laughs> Trust me. I'm still heartbroken. Yeah, we, we've complained about that a lot on this uh, on our new shows. You don't realize that is like my jam. Mm-hmm. And not only that, it was going to be Demon Bear. Yeah. Yes. Which yeah. is, I mean... It's my favorite era of New Mutants. I had the entire original run. I love New Mutants. And it was going to come out on my birthday. Oh. It was going to come out on my birthday. So they took your birthday present? I'm sorry I brought it up now. For a few minutes there, it was like Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) And then it wasn't. I'm sorry. Well, hon, at least you're not going to be disappointed on your birthday. Because well, I I, I, the, re- the reviews, I mean, from what I've heard about the movie, it's a mess. So. It doesn't matter. I would have seen Dark <laughs> Phoenix if it was in the theater. Well, Sam, Sammy and I have compared notes, and we think it's going to be on the DC, not DC, the uh, the Disney Plus streaming service. So we think you'll get to see it. It just won't be the full on your birthday theater experience. So I was really looking forward to that. Yeah, I was pumped that. for that one. Or it could go the way of the Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Mm, mm, nope. Mm, nope. <laughs> I, I'm with Heather. I want to see this thing. No, I don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Sammy, you are so lucky. This is a PG yeah. podcast. All I, all I know is how do you botch 
a Maisie Will- Williams project after Game of Thrones. I mean, yeah. they just oh, yeah. messed around. Really? I mean, well, really, they and, missed and an opportunity with here. With her as Wolfsbane, and I've said mm-hmm. this, I mean, the casting and, and the way that they were using those characters, I mean, Maisie Williams as, as Wolfsbane, um, you know, you had Sam Guthrie, and I love Sam Guthrie. Cannonball he's was like, you know, first know. of all, he's a kid from Kentucky, right, yeah, and yeah, his yeah, name's right. Sam, and so I loved it. Yeah. So, you know, even as a kid. so. Well, Cannonball was my favorite, because I'm from a different part of the state than most of the folks in the room here. They, the hometown they gave him is in the, the county I grew up in. Oh, cool. So oh. Was it Cumberland or something? Yeah. yeah. Cumberland, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm from Whitesburg. Okay. And so, I'll, and so Cumberland Gap is like right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, I mean, I, I always look, whenever Cannonball shows up, it's like, he's like, could have been me. You know, he's like, well, he was one of my yep. people, you know? Oh, but, I uh, always loved Eliana. Yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a that's a classic story, a classic set of, uh, you know, characters. I mean, it's it's crazy that what happened with that. I'm sorry, I derailed us. I'm oh, sorry. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> that was all on me. I apologize. <laughs> So our, our next item was something that just popped up. Uh, Paul Rudd is a Ghostbuster. This is exciting. It really is, and he seems like the perfect kind of guy, like the, the kind the, of you know the charisma, kind the of sense comedy. of humor. Like he's the the right kind of guy to be a Ghostbuster. I'm I'm just I'm pumped. But my question is, I wanted to before, so we don't know anything yet. We just like he confirmed that he's in it. So what do we think he's going to do? Is he going to be one of the new Ghostbusters? Is he the bad guy? Is he going to be the smarmy guy getting in their way? I mean, what, what's Paul Rudd's role here? What do you he's think? He's got to be a new Ghostbuster. I agree. I mean, you can't waste Paul Rudd with yeah with anything but being a being, being a kind of the rock of the new Ghostbusters. Yeah. Is this going to be a third re-envisioning, or is this going to be continuing from no, one I or think, the other? I think they're pretending that the most recent one didn't exist with this one, right? Yeah, there, there's there, Ghostbusters answer the call has been um, exiled. <laughs> But that didn't happen now, despite the fact that I think it was a really good movie. Uh, yeah, I was now, about to say, I thought it was now they're excellent. Working on a, yeah. They're working on a sequel in their own little universe with that one, though, aren't they? I think that's only in comic books. I don't think there's that's not going to be a, in moving pictures <laughs> okay. ever. Uh, okay. But the, my understanding is this, this movie is um, being, I think, written and directed by Jason Reitman, mm-hmm. and it's going to be a direct continuation from Ghostbusters 1 and 2, the originals. And several of the original cast members are coming back. Coming including back. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah, Sigourney mm-hmm. Weaver for sure. Um, I've heard Rick Moranis. Um, yeah. Bill, Bill Murray, Aykroyd. I've heard all of those guys. I, I don't know that Bill Murray's for sure. Um, he's got kind of a tortured history uh, with the franchise. Yeah. So, um, well, with Rick Moranis, didn't he basically retire to raise his kids? Yeah. 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 Yeah, but I would love to see him come back in this because he was such. A yeah, <laughs> but I mean, but and I, like, I think of Paul Rudd as kind of like our modern Rick Moranis. I mean, he's yeah. this, this nerdy guy that we love, you know. But but also has this kind of like charisma to him too. I mean, I just I'm I'm so excited that Paul Rudd is going to be a Ghostbuster. I, he has to be a Ghostbuster. We do, and I loved it in the interview I read when they asked how he felt about it. He said he almost slimed himself. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh... <laughs> How awkward! So, so I totally think that he's uh, in the in the mindset for this. He's ready. He's, he's definitely ready. I have loved him since Clueless. He will yeah. be wonderful. Yes, he's I think he's ready. aged about three years since Clueless. <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah. yeah, him and Keanu have found the fountain of youth. Yeah, I, I think they're aliens. They're the, they're the same species of space alien. Speaking of Ghostbusters, Stranger Things season three. 
is happening. I know season two had kind of a Ghostbusters theme, so I was trying to say what it would do. No, 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 it was good. I was rolling with it. Um, Yes, so Stranger Things season three is happening, uh, coming up on uh, this July 4th, correct? Yes, so I'm really excited to see Mr. Wesley himself, Carrie Elvis. Absolutely. As being a sleazy politician. He he either, he either does charming or sleazy. That's all he's got. Yeah. I mean, and and he's great at it. But And he's also one of those perfect casts. Like on season two, we brought in Sean Astin, you know, the Goonie, to, to, to accentuate the, the era they were in. But now we're getting, you know. As long as someone asks him something and he says, as you wish. He has to. <laughs> he has to. So yeah, I'm really excited for this. And guys, to uh, to gear up for Stranger Things season three, uh, go back and check out our uh, overview of seasons one and two. Uh, we released a few weeks ago, talking about this. So we had some guests on there. Brian and Marianne had joined us for the discussion. And they did a great job, and we had a great time talking about it. So hopefully, you'll have a great time listening. Yeah. So if seasons one and two feel a little fuzzy in your head, we'll help you out. Go back about three or four episodes in your podcatcher. We'll get you caught up. Definitely. And that was the news. Keep it nerdy.